Welcome to the Elite Foundations podcast, how to build an elite foundation physically and mentally to win at life. No theory, just real world results. Your hosts are Dr. Emil, ex-emergency doctor, entrepreneur, and health coach, and myself, Edomar, ex-Israeli special forces, jiu-jitsu black belt, and mindset expert. Welcome to today's podcast. Today, we'll be talking over one of Emil's case studies, Kosti. And Emil, let you take it away. Awesome. Thank you, Itamar. So the main lesson for today is going to be how to become healthy in a sustainable way by building habits and behaviors, moving along the behavior change curve into an identity shift, which allows you to sustain this long term, or as I like to say, do it once, do it right. And I'm going to be demonstrating this with a case, a guy called Costi, who started off in perhaps a less optimal way, had the vision and foresight to see that. And then halfway through his journey, which is just crazy, even though it was initially working, came to me to finish the process in a sensible, sustainable way, which has now allowed him to still be healthy and in shape and to have sustained the fat loss over 12 months later. And that is the goal of this process. Awesome. So to kind of uh, dumb it down, it's basically you're talking about how we can make people healthy individuals that will lose the weight because they're healthy individuals instead of trying to make someone an unhealthy individual suddenly lose a lot of weight and then they'll bounce back to that unhealthy individual. That's what you mean by behavior change and then it changes, correct? Exactly that. I mean, the, the kicker here is that losing weight, losing fat specifically, is not that difficult. Everyone has a fat loss story. Everyone lost a few pounds. The, the, the issue is that very few people keep it off. Very few people then sustain. Everyone has a story. I dropped 10 pounds. And then you talk to them two months later and you're like, kind of what happened? Oh, I got busy. Life happened, whatever. And then they have another story. I lost 10 pounds. But it's the same 10 pounds that they keep losing. No one is, is mm. stacking these. They go back these. to who they were. They go Basically. back to who they were because exactly that. They're, they're using what, what I call frameworks. Let's call them magic pills to make the numbers look good for a brief period, but not actually causing sustainable long-term change. Okay. Great. So talk to us about this so, so just a high-level summary. Kosti is uh, a guy. He lives in uh, Bucharest. He owns multiple e-commerce brands. Very, very successful. And through his lifestyle up until now, he became very overweight. And in his late 20s, decided that he wanted to change that. So he started on the ketogenic diet, which initially worked. And he eventually lost a total of 40 kilos, but lost about half of that with the ketogenic diet. Through this process, he realized that one, the ketogenic diet wasn't going to be sustainable forever. And two, he might not even be able to get to his goal because he realized he was faltering. This process takes time. It took him two years in total and sustaining wow. something. So that's a, that's a big point from this. Sorry, go on. No, sir, I was surprised. I thought he did the ketogenic diet, went full on it, did it for four months or whatever and lost 20 kilos. So that was two years 
So the whole process, he lost 40 kilos in total. The whole process took two years. The initial part on keto, I can't remember exactly how long it took, maybe nine months. And then the second phase wow. took the rest of the time. The interesting thing with fat loss is there's a physiological limit to how fast it will go. And certain diets like the ketogenic diet will cause slightly more weight to be lost at the beginning, which isn't actually fat. It's just water weight, uh, yeah. carbohydrates, glycogen in the muscles. And people will often quote this in marketing and quote this when they talk to their friends and say, I lost five kilos. I lost 10 pounds in two weeks. The body can't lose fat that quickly. Yeah. So I know people just, who, lose, who lose 15 pounds in three hours in the sun before a fight. It, exactly. It's just, it feeds the ego. It makes you feel good, but it doesn't actually mean anything because then you'll lose that 15 pounds every, you know, every six months and that never actually truly make any change. So anyway, halfway through this process, Kosti realized that he wasn't going to be able to sustain it long enough to reach his goal. And that even if he did reach his goal, he would then have absolutely no idea how to reintegrate back into normal life, normal society, because he certainly wasn't planning on giving up carbs forever. So he just didn't know. He basically achieved no real behavior change. So even if he lost the weight, he would get to the end and then be like, now what? Now how do I live my life? I can either continue doing keto because that's all I know and have been training for two years, or inevitably what will happen is you will gain the weight back because you're now learning a totally new skill from scratch and that's difficult. Does that make sense? And also, it does. And from what you're saying, also what I'm assuming, you didn't want to live keto because you wanted to enjoy life. That was a big thing. Like, I don't want to keep in this reality where I have to be so strict and I can't eat carbs and you want to just kind of get the fat off and then be able to enjoy his life. Because the reason you wanted to get the fat off was to enjoy life. Exactly that. And I mean... I've nothing against particular diets, keto diets, uh, any of the fasting diets, veganism, whatever. I've nothing against them. If they work and you're happy, I have nothing. I have nothing to object to. But that's a big my, that's, that's a, a huge if. That's every, if you're happy with it, great. But if you're not, then I think what you're saying is there's so much logic, and you can't bank on it to take you all the way home. I mean, in my experience, 99.9% .9 of people will fail long term on these super restrictive sledgehammer diets where you, you crack a nut with a sledgehammer when you, you just don't need to take that approach. They become battles of willpower instead of what what is, is a better method, i.e. building habits, building behaviors, moving up the behavior change curve into an identity shift, which is basically what I want to talk about and what the takeaway is. From, from this right. from this case study. I'll say one more lesson I'm just quickly getting from here is what you said about reintegrating. I think that's really important yeah. because it's like if you go somewhere and you do the right things there but then you come back home and it's just not the same, you're not going to get the same results. And right now what you're seeing with keto, it's not, or, or any kind of specialty diet, it's not teaching them how to live the, like a correct life for lack of better yeah. It's just saying this is a tactic you can use right now. Yeah. It'll work, but when you get back out into the wild and do your normal life, good luck. Yeah, yeah. It's it's like using a business tactic to make a load of money, but you don't actually have a real business. And when that tactic mm -hmm. runs out, yeah. you're kind of left with nothing. 
you know, you, 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 this business will last six months while the fad works. But beyond that, you're back to square zero. And we'll probably lose that money. Um, so essentially, Costi got to a certain point. He lost some weight, realized that this wasn't sustainable. He was friends with one of my previous clients who spoke to him about this, and he then approached me. And the kudos for him for realizing this and then having faith in, in the process, because this is a very difficult thing to do. Something has been working up until now. And changing that to something else, which he doesn't know if it's going to work or not, is, is very, very brave. It took courage. Yeah. And from there, we then moved into a more sustainable method. We still had to sustain the basic physiology, i.e. a calorie deficit. He still needed to eat less than he burnt. But we slowly reintegrated all of the normal foods that most people eat and that we're exposed to in the modern world. And this is super important because of what you touched on. When you get to the end of this process, you have to have what I call as soft a landing as possible. Now doing keto, hitting your goal, and then trying to reintegrate is a hard landing. It's a, it's a plane crash. What I try to do is get people to their goal with as little intervention as possible, with as little pain as possible, so that when they get to the end, it's a soft landing. It's super gentle. Reintegrating back to normal is almost effortless because what you we've are. built up That's because you are normal. normal. Exactly. There's no on plan and off plan, which is one of the mm -hmm. really negative things that a lot of other diets instill. On plan, off plan. There is no on plan, off plan. There's just life. And if what you're doing doesn't build and integrate around your life, then it's not going to work. It's not sustainable. Love it. I get it. It makes sense. What you're also saying about a business uh, analogy is that if you're yep. just trying to use a marketing plan but you don't have a sustainable business behind it, yeah, you might be able to make a couple bucks on Amazon and flip something, whatever it may be, but there's nothing that is going to last. This is kind of the yep. same principle, correct? It's exactly that. It's exactly that. And then I suppose to, to continue that analogy, if you've used a crash tactic in business and then try to convert to a normal business, that's a big leap of faith because something's worked in the past. You kind of have it in your guts that it won't keep working, but then can, turning it into a normal business is, is hard. That you're, It requires to do the groundwork. But that is fundamental when you look forwards to, to reaching your goal essentially and then and then sustaining it because as I said before the trick isn't to lose weight the trick is to keep it off long term this this fat loss phase is a tiny tiny percentage of your life most of your life will be what we call maintenance i.e living life i.e focusing on other things and not the diet so actually that's what we're trying to teach not fat loss fat loss is just a brief transient process that eventually Sorry to interrupt, but also correct me if I'm wrong, but you're saying that fat loss itself is also just going to be an almost a, just a byproduct of living correctly. Like if you figure out how you're going to live the rest of your life and you start living like that, the fat will kind of shed itself off as a byproduct. Is that accurate? Uh, that, that's, extremely, uh, that's extremely accurate. So essentially what we want to do in an ideal world is create a lifestyle where fat is a side effect, fat loss, sorry, is a side effect. So you're doing the things you want to do, which are effortless for you to do, 
and as a pleasant secondary, you are in a healthy shape, you have muscle, you are pain-free, you are enjoying life, enjoying food, you're not stressed around eating or socializing or anything like that, and that is the end goal. And the only way to achieve that and not constantly be battling willpower is through identity shift. Okay, can I challenge something here and take this episode in a completely different direction than we were thinking originally? Let's go. So, you said courage, not cost. Yeah. Now, I think a big part of it, these kind of flash diets where you know you're just going all out and you're hitting this thing with a sledgehammer, it gives people more confidence that, oh, this is something that I can do. I know that if I go full force into something, I will lose fat, I will lose this. From the side, as someone who's not an expert on this, I still don't, and I'm pretty healthy, I'm, you know, I have a six pack, et cetera, et cetera. I still don't know how to exactly adjust my life. Where's that perfect balance point where I'm above calories or low calories or whatever it may be and how I can live, quote unquote, a sustainable life. I still have like ups and downs with myself. And I'm wondering how much that courage is because the, the, the necessary courage, because people don't know how to do it. This sounds a lot more complex than just like going carbs. Like, well, okay, I can do I can do those carbs. I can have the willpower and the discipline to do that. But to do this, I just don't know how to do it. It's complicated. For sure. So first off to say you have found your sustainable lifestyle balance. There are ups and downs, but any biological system, any human being is going to fluctuate around a baseline. You'll gain a little bit of fat, you'll lose a little bit of fat. That's normal and healthy. Fat is just energy storage for the body. However you do it, you found some sort of equilibrium that you can sustain roughly where you're at, right? Would, would you agree with that? I would, but it's like also on a lighter note. Now you're breaking down the whole notion what my wife keeps trying to explain to me that I need to stop looking myself like a machine except that I'm humans with ups and downs. <laughs> But that's a different subject, but it makes sense. Like I always say, within certain boundaries, like people will have their ups and downs, but that doesn't mean that there's a problem there this week. Yeah, and I mean, you know, without going too far on a tangent, happiness, self-actualization, these are also uh, processes of fluctuation within bounds. You're not happy at 100 and, and not happy at anything below that. You get to a certain level, it goes up and down, and that's general contentedness, happiness, whatever. And that might be a controversial opinion, but nothing is perfectly linear and stable in human biological systems. It's always fluctuating. Okay. Well, I think that's a giant point. I had never thought about it that way. That's accepting that that's okay. Like, I honestly thought you're supposed to be, like, I look at you and I'm like, oh, meal's probably at whatever percent body fat just all year round. And this is a very, very clear baseline that he kind of always keeps to himself. I think that's honestly a giant point. This is why we do this podcast, because for me, that's blatantly obvious. And I don't realize that this is not <laughs> <laughs> this is not what people understand. So it's great uh, that you, you can extract that from me. Yeah, I thought the fact that I go up maybe like two kilos here or there or down two kilos here or there means that I'm not able to get my, my finger on this stuff correctly. It's health stuff. That I can't just like really understand my calories and macros or whatever no. it would be. And that's a problem. No, 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 you've nailed it. Two, two kilos up and down is perfect. That's any, if you were more strict than that, if you were tighter than that, I would have issue and say you are expending too much bandwidth and causing yourself too much stress 
to constrain this system to that level. Yeah, I mean, that's honestly what I used to have to do. I used to have to weigh in for my competition. I have to be 92 yep. kilos on the dock. Yeah, so, like that's what I knew. Interesting. Okay. Let's get back yeah. to Coastal. Sorry about this. This is interesting, but let's get back to, to Coastal. No, no, no. So back back to Coastal, but also what you what you mentioned here was um, it's easier to just cut out carbs. Yeah, it is. That's why these these diets have such appeal. And then when you sprinkle on a little bit of pixie dust about insulin is a fat storing hormone and you need to control your insulin and ketones cause magic to happen. Therefore, the ketogenic diet is is magic and marketing and amazing. And here's a little graphic of science. Then it's very easy to sell this. Whereas the true way of doing it, what did I say earlier? Build habits, change behaviors, create an identity shift is diabolically boring, right? It's a, it's a long process. And what did you say before this? It requires patience and people don't like to be patient. Yeah, what it says people don't like to behave like adults. They want to have be, a big game of instant gratification. People exactly. want to be adults. It's not exactly. a magic pill. The world isn't full exactly. of magic pills. You just got to be an adult and do the right thing and do the basics. Exactly. And and on that on that note, health is a huge domain in life. It's like it's like wealth, it's like happiness, it's like relationships. This isn't something where you read one book and suddenly have it nailed. This is a process that takes time and that is worth taking the time to master because it's the fundamental base, the elite foundation, if you would, for everything else. So this isn't something where you think, I'm just going to cut out carbs and hope it works. And actually, I don't need to tell you this. I'm sure people who are listening have tried multiple diets that can be summarized in a sentence and have failed. So that's all the kind of proof or evidence you need. These ways don't work sustainably. Everyone has a story where they lost some weight. But if you're still not in the health that you want to be, in the shape that you want to be, then they're clearly not working. Two kilos up and down is fine. But if you're dropping 10 kilos and then putting it back on, that's not fine. And just to kind of hammer that home, it's not just not fine because you didn't lose the 10 kilos or whatever the weight is. It's not fine because every time you try something which is destined to fail and then you fail, you build an identity of failure. And over time, you reinforce this identity of failure. If you imagine you've done a crash sledgehammer diet 10 times and failed 10 times, you're the guy who fails at this stuff. And eventually you give up. And when you give up, that's bad. Like that's not good. You, you, you have learned helplessness. You've decided that you're not someone who health, who, who's supposed to be healthy. And that's a really bad place to be. What I call it is you've developed an overarching truth of how you view the world. You just yep. view the world as I am someone who can't do weight loss. Weight loss is yep. I'm just not that guy. Yeah, exactly that. So let's get a little bit more practical. And this is mind-numbingly simple, but not easy in the slightest. And the way I kind of like to approach it is you're not going to get from zero to master within the first week. It's like walking onto an archery range and expecting to be hitting bullseyes consistently from day one. Absolutely not going to happen. It's a skill. You need to learn. You need to be persistent. You need to keep going back and trying again, iterating, learning, figuring out what works. And eventually you'll get to a stage where you hit the bullseye most of the time. And that's all we're shooting for. 
never for perfection, just for good enough, the 80-20, that kind of thing. So in a super practical sense, the laws of physics say that if you want to lose fat, you need to eat a little bit less than you burn. So what we then need to do is just create a small calorie deficit in a sustainable way with as much flexibility as possible. In uh, my coaching process, we call this the physiological blueprint. This is the bare minimum. What do you mean flexibility? What do you mean by that? So the only requirement, the only hard requirement for fat loss is a calorie deficit. Anything ar- above and beyond that is negotiable. So uh, you mean like bun- what kind of foods you're eating or yeah. what times you're eating them at, those kind of things. Correct. So that's Correct. Okay. So basically what we do is we, we, we look at someone, and let's use Costi as an example. Okay, so what are you eating right now? Awesome. What is the smallest adjustment we can make to what you're doing right now to start you moving in the right direction, but which actually doesn't feel like you've changed or done anything? Often people say to us, but nothing, this this is normal, this is fine. Awesome. Now keep doing this for the next 20 weeks and you'll have your results. And the more that it feels like you're not doing anything, the better, because then when you reach your goal, you're like, yeah, but I haven't done anything. This feels absolutely normal. This is just my normal life. Awesome. Great. This is going to be very easy to reintegrate versus the 180 sledgehammer approach where it's like, right, you're starting the diet on Monday. Let's cut out all the carbs. Let's start putting butter in your coffee. Let's, you know, start doing all these crazy things you've never done before, which feel good and feed, I don't know, you'll tell me more, feed like, I don't know, is it the dopamine that you're kind of like, oh, this is amazing. I'm doing something. It lasts for four days. And then life comes, slaps you in the face, and then you give up. Yeah. It's interesting. I'm thinking about this very introspectively. That's what you did with me. Yeah. I talked to you when I stopped competing obsessively. I didn't really have to watch my weight anymore. I started to go up and wait a little bit. And what you said to me, you just looked at my diet. And you're like, just take a couple things out of your morning. You don't eat that big of a breakfast. And also your lunch, just have a chicken salad instead of the normal like bowl of pasta or whatever that you have on top of that. And I was like, okay, I can do that. And I was like, is it? I didn't feel like it was a diet. I was like, this is just an easy lifestyle change that I can do. And I still do it this day. It just works. It was just like, a, yeah. there wasn't any reintegration. It was just like, this is a minor change I can make. And this is just my lifestyle. I'm happy. And it works. That's the goal. Honestly, if I can speak to someone at a conference or on Facebook and fix them with two sentences, I will happily do that. Because I don't want to implement a big infrastructure diet program to someone who doesn't need it. And actually, I will, I've said to people before, look, you don't need to diet. You don't need coaching. Try this. Come back to me in two months and see what happens. And for a lot of people where I've made that call, that's usually enough. And actually trying to do something too rigid or structured will take them in the wrong direction. Less is more with this kind of thing, for sure. So let me ask this, because I think we're, we're hitting something very big here. What are the top three the takeaways you can give to somebody by creating a sustainable routine that will enable them to have the kind of identity or to be the kind of person where fat won't be an issue for them. What are the top three keys for that? Anything that you implement has to be sustainable and has to be easy because things which are easy and sustainable, you'll do for a long time, which will allow their effects to compound 
And when they compound, not only will you reach an identity shift, which means you'll sustain it forever, but you'll also be able to put it on autopilot so it doesn't take up any bandwidth. So this has to be easy. If you're battling willpower from day one, you will fail. So that's the overarching principle here. And then the first thing to do is to say, look, you need to eat a little bit less, probably, if, you, if you're carrying too much fat. That's the core diagnosis, right? You need to eat a little bit less. The best way to, to do that is just to start getting more intentional and conscious about what you're eating. And I don't want to be like, oh, you need to track your food. You need to weigh everything to the gram. You just need to be more aware of what's going on. You can write it in a notebook. You can use an app like MyFitnessPal. You can take photos of it. It literally doesn't matter. You just need to be more aware of what's going in. And that alone will start you moving in the right direction. And then on top of that, there's some nice sustainable rules of thumb. And I like to use positive rules of thumb as opposed to negative ones. Negative ones would be cut out carbs. Don't eat for 20 hours per day, blah, blah, blah. I prefer positive ones. Eat more protein, eat more vegetables. So eat more stuff. And these allow you between being more accountable for what you're eating and adding extra healthy food in your diet to potentially start moving in the right direction. Now, if you want to be certain that you're going to move each week, week on week towards your goal, then you need data. You need a certain amount of data. You need to track it like anything in business in life. If you want to be precise, if you want to get shit done, you need data. But if we can avoid it, like we did with with you, Itamar, then then great, let's avoid it. But when, when I work with people, I want people to get to their goal quickly and efficiently, and often they need that. So we use data. So... To kind of circle backgrounds, it needs to be easy. Can it needs to be sustainable. Can I try to do it? To make please, sure please. Make sure everyone's at home's got it. All right. So number one, it has to be sustainable and easy. Because if it's sustainable and easy, there will be compounding effects and it'll be an autopilot. So it'll just work. That's number yep. one. Number two, eat less and eat less, not simply by being conscious of what you're eating. I remember you talked in a different case study about somebody who was just pouring a lot of olive oil on his hummus and you're just asking, is it something you actually enjoyed? And he was like, no. So he's like, okay, maybe we can just get rid of it. Just add a little bit of consciousness. You can understand if this is serving you or not. This is something that's needed. And three, instead of trying to take away, focus on just more veg and more protein. Because once, assuming you just eat that, you're going to be full and you're not going to be even the best. And the bonus one is data if you need it. But honestly, yeah. for me, those three got me what I wanted. Just the first three. Yeah. And I just want to add two secret weapons that Costi used specifically that are key parts of long-term sustainability. One is, let's call it a movement habit. Now, Costi started training in the gym, and by the time he got to me, he already had a regular gym habit, and he enjoyed it. So movement of some sort is a requirement because we're, we're mammals. We are rewarded for movement and for health. It is needed not to burn calories, but just to be healthy and functional and perform optimally. Go on. I have a question. Yeah. I'm curious why you're choosing to call this movement habit instead of saying exercise. What's the reason? Because I am being fluffy and trying not to scare people who don't like exercise. Because we, as mammals, as animals, are programmed to like exercise. However, societal 
programming and narratives that we tell ourselves can, can get us to a point where we convince ourselves that we don't like exercise, that exercise is not for us. We don't like being sweaty. We don't like being out of breath. So I don't want to alienate people who say, I don't like exercise. So I'm trying to sneak soften. it in to soften it. Because once you start exercising and start reprogramming these narratives, you will enjoy exercise. Yeah. It will take time, but it's a fundamental part of long-term identity shift. The key being that there needs to be a smooth on-ramp to get to that point. It has to be easy and sustainable. You see that? You see how I got that? Yeah. Exactly. Right. Exactly. So, so what's the second secret weapon? So, so the second secret weapon for long-term sustainability, you need to curate an environment for success. You can't do this in isolation. You can't grow a plant in a vat of toxic waste. Even if you water it, even if you give it the fertilizers and the sun, it won't work. So what Costi had was his partner was on the journey with him. She was super on board. She was doing the things as well. She had much, much less to, to lose, but it didn't matter. She was doing her own process. She was exercising. She was helping with the food. And this made everything infinitely better. Now, you don't necessarily need that, but they need to be at least supportive and not uh, and not combative, not trying to pull you away from it, which is a whole other story and, and thing to talk about, but not, not for today. And this has been great. Can I kind of give a, an overview of the whole episode from my perspective? Yeah, please. Okay, so first off, there's no magic pills. Accept that reality, be an adult. Uh, two, don't try to follow something where you're going to have to reintegrate into society afterwards. That's not going to work. Instead of that, try to become the kind of person who would be healthy, and then things will come naturally as a byproduct, you'll become that healthy person. If you just have a little bit of patience, and again, be an adult. Um, the three keys you said to creating this and making this possible is one, to create something that's sustainable and easy. When something's sustainable and easy, it will be an autopilot, and having that autopilot will create a compounding effect. Two, if you're overweight right now, it's simple back of napkin math means you just need to be eating less, and the easiest way to do that is not to count your calories or macros or get too technical, but just to be conscious of what you're eating, and just assess, should I be eating this or should I be not? Um, the third one is instead of trying to tell yourself, don't do this, don't do that, just give yourself two cues to do more. One, eat more veg, and two, eat more protein. Because if you do that, the other stuff kind of takes care of itself. And as a bonus, if you really, really want to get super strict on this or if you need it, look at the data and track it. And on top of that, you the two secret weapons are, one, the movement habit, and two, to curate your environment for your success. They're not getting in your way, so you're not having to fight external things along with your internal things. Is that correct? Yeah. It's correct. And I just want to add another layer to that is to say, that this sounds overwhelming. I think we've given three lessons, two secret weapons, three bonuses, and 17 other minor points. <laughs> so this, people try to do all of this in parallel. And what I say to people is, look, doing it in series is absolutely fine because the way you're approaching it is that it compounds and you can put it on autopilot. So if you do one thing, build it in, put it on autopilot. Next thing, build it in, put it on autopilot. And over time, these things on autopilot reach a critical mass. This is the magic. That critical mass is identity shift. And what you will find is if you're patient and consistent, 
is that you can actually do this purely through accumulation of habits. Now, it takes time, which is why people don't do that. But that is the way to think about it. So maybe just vegetables is the first thing you're going to work on. Maybe it's just taking photos of your meals. Maybe it's just uh, an exercise habit or a walking habit. But realize that just walking 10 minutes a day isn't going to cause you to drop 40 kilos. But it is shifting the behavior that eventually will. That's great. So would you say that would be the biggest, say, homework or, or exercise you can give somebody to do right now after listening to this? Think about what are three possible things that you could be doing and just choose one of them and make that ingrain that behavior into yourself. Would that be accurate? Yeah, exactly that. And at this time, just before Christmas, this is a great time to be picking positive behaviors rather than trying to start a three-week Christmas shred or holiday shred or whatever. So just pick one thing and start doing it. Maybe in January, you add another thing and then keep building these things up over time. Great. Anything more to add or should we wrap it up for today? Just a, a reflection to think about times in the past where you've used sledgehammer crash approaches and whether they've succeeded or failed. If they've succeeded, all power to you, kudos, I salute you, you don't need any more insights. But if they haven't, which is the vast, vast majority of cases, then just consider that there might be another way and that another way works much, much better, though it is less sexy. If you're willing to be an adult. If you're willing to be an adult, yeah. Yeah. Great. All right. So we'll wrap that up for today. On the next episode, I'm going to be talking about a mindset issue around money and guilt and what stops a lot of people from, they basically put this handicap on themselves saying, I shouldn't be earning more than this and how you can break that very, very, very quickly and how freeing and amazing that can be. So on that note, guys, we'll see you on the next episode. See you on the next episode, guys. Bye.